escape to the metaverse but act like you know yeah you are now tuned into the matthew and rizzle show yeah uh, escape to the metaverse better act like you know you are now tuned into the matthew and rizzle show yeah the day since you did that reverse interview on me that we published over on scent back in 2019 dude to the day four years that's insane to think about it like (laughs) doesn't even sound real honestly like i so much of my life has been like consumed in this space since then and like so much has changed that and, and so much was different then uh i don't know man it's just really wild to think about i don't i don't feel like there's been many points in my life where so much has changed over the span of four years, but, uh, but here we are, man, still doing the thing, which is like so cool and has been like such a great consistent thread through this whole journey. Dude, these, I mean, meeting you and like starting this, which then bled into like the whip and like all this other fun shit in between, it's just been it's made it like if it every everything faded away and like we just have this fucking podcast together like that's all good <laughs> like because you know it'll it'll generate some sort of like cool shit afterwards regardless um yep. to be able to to chat and like t- chat openly too like without any sort of constraint super rare um so just more than anything just super thankful to be able to have this opportunity to chat with you but the fact that we can do all this other cool shit together and we still have the whip cooking and and all of that is just that's fucking icing and cherries on on top of everything. Yeah. Shout out to our lack of sponsors and the very few that we've had that uh, has has really allowed us to just do whatever we want without having to worry about answering to anybody. And uh, that's that's the best part, man. We do our thing and uh, just, you know, let it rip. Yeah, man. I mean, shout out those sponsors, though. Whale Street and Proof of Beauty, yep. right? Yep. And then, honestly, Whale Shark stepped in there uh, for a while as well. Yeah, like, we've had some fucking very cool sponsors. We've had a lot, man. I was actually, you know, if you think about the Metal Olympics as, like, an extension of the whip, oh, yeah. a lot of people, like, really turned out for that. And a lot of people have, like, sponsored, like, not not directly like monetarily but like you know you think about fabiano yeah man like you know cranking out wearables for us every week uh you know going all the way back to pandex days when he started that early 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 clay cow spherical art as well yeah, was in on that so um, i mean axie infinity they they spawned they we got airdropped axs back in the day i mean honestly art blocks too with the the beta squiggle mint that we did when we hosted them before they launched art blocks yeah like honestly we've had a million sponsors <laughs> yeah, yeah. all right fair it. enough but somehow we're still here <laughs> somehow we don't currently have any and uh but but go what sort of still uh hitting the same point man the ones that we've had like are ones that have really embraced us just doing our thing and have like uh i don't know like we we've never had someone throw money at us to you know help us execute something or do something cool who's like 
you know, it's come with a lot of like red tape or restrictions or anything like that. Like, you know, I feel like all those people who have like shown us love and contributed over the years, meme explorers, man, there's, there's like so many kind of digital, like my world with our like intro and everything, man. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, th- there's uh, dragon hate, like, you know, endlessly helping everything. We could go on and on and on, man. But, uh, but all of, all of these people who have like, you know, allocated their time and energy and resources and like cool things and money at, at like, you know, certain times where, you know, we got lucky and we're able to pull some funds in, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's always been, you know, them appreciating that aspect of us, uh, mm-hmm. just sort of doing our thing. Yeah, man. Like Jesus Christ. Like, so like all of that has happened around this and like has, sprouted from just that initial reverse interview right yeah, <laughs> that what? very very well <laughs> like couldn't couldn't uh, there's a huge possibility that just didn't happen right like if you wanted to stay more anon and let people think that you were like an actual bot that was just seating posts and not a human being right like that 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 was a very real possibility back then like because people like, we bring this up periodically, but like back in the scent days when we had seating on posts, like people legit thought like the team itself thought that Rizzle was a fucking bot just because every new post, like the first seater person put, took uh, ETH and like essentially tipped the post was Rizzle every fucking time. <laughs> like we thought you had a script. It was wild. I did not, man. I'm just like quick with my trigger finger. Dude, I was just thinking about this the other day. Scent was like sort of like a like a Ponzi betting on like social aspects. And I've taken some shit for like getting on <laughs> friend.tech. Uh, but it's like the exact same thing. I'm like, dude, you like y'all need to like understand that like I was born into this space fucking mashing <laughs> buttons on a Ponzi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the difference, though, like it was totally Ponzi-nomics, but the difference with seeding was that you just get straight ETH. Like yeah. if you get in there early, you make bank. If you get in like anywhere from second place onward, for the most point, you don't make any money back. You just lose it. You're you're subsidizing Rizzle, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. I murdered that shit, man. <laughs> but that, that shit was fun. Yeah, you, you it was so it. fun, man. It was like, uh, you know, in, I did you know 99% of what i was able to squeeze out of the ponzinomics was spent on nfts and like dumped right back into the community and yeah. i feel like you know that's that's sort of how like the whole flywheel worked uh pretty well back then uh you know a lot of people were doing the same type of thing the, the people who were able to beat me out periodically uh still like when you know right back into the community man it was it was a beautiful thing we had going on yeah, that that's what everyone pretty much did. I don't know, except for like um, what was what was the dude's name down in Indonesia? Um, Bite Long, where he had like his family, he bought his daughter like a bike. Um, like after he was like on scent to subsidize his like rice farming and shit like that. Like, yeah, dude, that was with, a great like uh, ongoing story. Yeah, but but. With exceptions like that, everyone else, like whatever earnings from posting or seeding, they just like put it right back in. And it was like a nice little funds were never crazy high, but it was it was more than table scratch that people could use to like, like to your point, buy a parcel on CV, like throw of an event, like commission artists, buy art, blah, blah, blah. 
It was, well, it was great, man, because if you were like, you know, savvy enough, you could, you know, you can earn, uh, you know, a few dollars worth of ETH here and there, but yeah. it was never, it's like, are you really going to take the trouble to like, you know, cash out $30 worth of ETH into, you know, your bank account, and like do all that shit and everything. And, and, and for some people, like who you're talking about bite long and people where $30 goes a long way, you got to see these like great stories of mm -hmm. them putting that money to good use uh but you know for for me you know i got 20 or 30 dollars there's like all this dope art coming out that's like you know between 10 and 20 dollars a pop by like artists who are doing really cool things it, it was like the perfect amount of eth to be like floating around where it wasn't worth the trouble of cashing it out for a lot of people and there was also like really great things to spend it on uh in that little ecosystem so uh, it was so cool man but it was it was really just like a great combination of like so many factors that i feel like made it good yeah i mean we were we were early enough where like the pool of folks that could potentially be interested in what we were interested in which is like crypto initially and then like the art and the nft side of things it was so small that and then also just like the barrier to entry even though it was such a simple sign up flow and process like it just naturally selected for like really good people for the most part but I, i'm just kind of really happy that what we started doing like the podcast and um the matthew visual show like we didn't tie it down to the same platform like yeah. if we had done that like we probably would have sank with the ship but since we set up like this this thing that operated above it um, that could leverage it. I think that was probably like one of the smartest things that we did um, that. And then the same thing with the whip, just kind of like make it its own independent platform or, or vehicle to kind of do our fun shit and talk to like, like if you look back at our list of like guests on the Matthew and Rizzle show, and then of course to the whip, like it's, all the legends, like all the big names, not just even in like NFT land or anything like that, but like across the the crypto space, it was no, so, it's, so cool. It's amazing to think back on it, man. And, you know, Sen at the time was just like where the, the hot spot was for all the, you know, at least like a ton of the cool stuff going on. So it just lent itself mm -hmm. naturally to sort of being covered. Uh, so, so, yo, dude, so how are we going to do this, man? Am, am I going to spotlight you first or are you going to do this uh, uh, spotlight me? How, you want to run it back? What, what are we going to do? Dude, if you want to reverse spotlight to make it like the official, like for your yeah, anniversary man. thing, because oh, yeah. that's that's what you did. You fucking interviewed me. I was yeah. uh, listening to your questions. Yeah. Well, all right. Let me give it some context then, man. So like yeah. way back uh, when everyone thought I was a bot and I had uh, sort of like, you know, the leaderboard on scent was a thing that people paid attention to. And I was like just running the leaderboard for so long that I feel like, you know, it's some and Matt was. Uh, what I don't know what your official title was, man, with Sen at, at this point, but you were like definitely the face of the community. Um, and we're doing uh, these interviews with prominent members of the community who are doing interesting stuff with like crypto or Web3, like you know, very, very similar to the kind of stuff uh, we've done together for so long. Uh, and so uh, I, he, he had done several of them and, and I was like, you know, paying attention because I was just on the site all the time, you know, sort of, uh, you know, competing in the, uh, gamified aspect of it. And so, um, 
you know, was watching Matt doing these interviews and I'm like, you know, how long, how long is it before they hit me up at some point? Because you know, <laughs> I'm obviously at the top of this leaderboard, people must be curious who I am because I haven't like said anything for a long time. So, so Matt, <clears throat> excuse me. I think back on that, like, uh, you know, every now and again, how like, you know, that was really where I got dragged out of my anon hole by Matt. And he was the one who reached out to me. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure was doing some recon on whether or not I was actually a bot or and actually, I think that question came up during the uh, the spotlight and everything. So uh, so I don't know. So Matt and I like hit it off. Right. And and uh, immediately in the first interview and I was like, you know, this guy is cool. And I, I honestly, even though I'm like, you know, started off being in this community for the gamified stuff, uh, I did find myself, you know, dumping a lot of the funds back into the community and and really enjoyed what was going on. And Matt was the face of it. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to like reach out to this dude and see if uh, we can do this thing backwards and I can get into his head and see if I can figure out like, uh, I don't know what, what makes him tick. I, I was just honestly curious about Matt because I'm like, you know, here's, here's someone doing something that, uh, you know, I just think is really cool. And we've got this fledgling community here and uh, was just trying to see how I could dig into that. So uh wanted to pick Matt's brain and I'm like, this is a good opportunity. I'm like pretty entrenched in this community. Maybe this, I can, uh, honestly on some like, uh, personal level, I was like, you know, maybe this is my, you know, key to getting more involved, uh, in some way. And, and that, uh, actually opened a lot of doors, which we mentioned earlier. Uh, and I think things really shifted when, uh, sent brought me up to NFT NYC after we had gotten to know each other, uh, know each other a little bit, but, uh, anyway, it started off as like Rizzle Recon. I'm like, you know, Matt was doing his thing on Sense and trying to figure out who I am. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to, you know, return the volley. And uh, and it was cool, man. I feel like the second conversation was as good as the first. Uh, but it is honestly a conversation that we haven't really had since then in terms of just like, you know, a lot of it was like, dude, what do you do all day? And, you know, what's a day in the life of Matt like? Uh, and I was just very curious about that because Matt was doing really interesting things. And Matt is still doing very interesting things. And as we were saying earlier, a ton has changed over the past four years in both of our lives. Uh, and we have been doing the whip together. We've been doing this. Uh, but Matt and I, for the most part, like our conversations are pretty like focused on whatever's at hand and uh you know we don't you know we, we get into like personal stuff every now and again when it comes up but uh we we don't do a whole lot of like bullshit and we like you know show up and crush the podcast crush the whip high five see you next week man um <laughs> so uh so dude uh four years later man uh for people who are interested maybe we could drop a link in the notes to the old spotlight so people yeah. can sort of use it for reference uh but four years later man uh you're working for nifty gateway uh i'm guessing that is uh primarily how you spend your time or or most of your week but uh would love to get the four-year update man let's uh let, and that's what you've been doing for a long time now so uh yeah. let, let's give people like the the whirlwind tour but uh of what's going on over the past uh, few years or so but also would love to hear man like what present day matt is just up to on a regular basis yeah, like it's it's honestly wild to think back 
to four years because everything like in my my life personally has so fundamentally changed since then like that said though i feel like everything that i was doing then like on scent in particular was just like trying to trying to keep the heartbeat going right like we found this space there was there's something there that caught all of our attentions right and that specialness that like heartbeat that kind of drew us there that's pretty much been my life for the past four years making everything people still that I've talk done. about it man meta guys was just posting about it yesterday you know what i mean it was yeah. such a yeah. pivotal thing uh sorry go ahead man no i mean that piece that meta guys did in honor of a lot of money everything that he baked into that work i'm just like fuck dude i'm like retweeting multiple tweets in that thread of that specific project but no it's a beautiful representation of like our imprint on the space and like everything that like my my overarching goal is to <laughs> keep the heartbeat going uh, of what makes the space special but four years ago dude i was working two jobs so i was like head of community was doing the social side of thing of send that was like before they they had made me a co-founder officially but i was also full-time working at samsung in korea so i was doing two full-time jobs it was fucking wild after we had started doing this um the beginning of 2020 is when i went full full-time into crypto and and sent and as you know then like April 20th, 2020 was when we had that fucking terrible update and just broke the product. And yeah, the the exodus began from sent to like crypto Twitter, whatever. But with the with Matthew and Rizzo show, the whip um that also started the beginning uh 2020, like it was a cool vehicle to keep in touch with the community, to keep the community together. But professionally, I had started thinking about next steps um like probably the summer of 2020 like after we realized like after max for example just fucking disappeared from scent like literally he just ghosted the team and fucking ran away so it left me cameron um pavan at the time andrew uh who was still on the team then we're just like kind of holding our dicks like holy shit we have a product that is, is beyond fucked like what what are we going to do and from that from that crisis um two things happened first I, I started looking around for the jobs so hit up super rare team amazing team awesome interview hit up OpenSea. um spoke with devin alex it was like great team awesome opportunity had been talking with conlin and the async team that was really cool but i'd also reached out to nifty gateway talked to duncan and griffin and tommy k at the time um super super small team and i had the best conversation with them um everything about scent from the moonshot super super young uh had users but definitely couldn't say it had product market fit or anything like that um and the insecurity that came with that also compounded by the fact that my wife got pregnant at the beginning of the year then i was like looking for a little bit more stability and nifty gateway at the time because they had been acquired uh, a little bit earlier by Gemini came with that security and also with a team that was heavily involved with the product and using it. Right. Like what you're saying earlier, me at sent like the face of it, whatever, like I was the only one on the team that was using it regularly. Cameron would come in and use it 
when he could, but he was also building it. So that took up most of his time. And then Max was super aloof and Pavan was using it, but obviously not like, like a, a core user or anything like that. But like that feeling of having the whole product on my back and like, I'm the only one actually using it. I was looking for the opposite. And at Nifty, everyone was fucking collecting. Everyone was stoked on the artists. Everyone was paying attention to every drop. And during the interviews, like that was so palpable and everyone was thinking so hard about it and thinking about like what was still missing and how they can improve it. And I was like, fuck, this is the team. Even though at that time and still you hear some of some of this conversation still today, a lot of folks sleep on Nifty or they throw shade at it because they do things in not the exact same sequence as others um, because of like the, the custodial marketplace and shit like that. People were really sleeping on it. But anyway, I had made my mind up that that's that's the team that I'd wanted to join um, by early fall of 2020, right around the time that that my daughter was born. And right around that time also, I was working with Micah Johnson behind the scenes. Um, like as he was getting his Severante project ready to release on Async Art, was helping to find collectors and stuff like that. And around that time, that's when I was really close with Tubador and, and Medicoven. And we had actually lined them up as potential buyers of Severante. And they were actually like the initial high bidder for it. Someone based in Europe ended up collecting it. Um, but that was sort of like a precursor to Medicoven and Tubador going in huge to uh, to people <laughs> as it happened a few months later. And that's sort of an aside. But that experience just reaffirms my commitment. Like, fuck, like, I really want to work with the artists. I want to get in deeper. So knew that I was going to to Nifty. And after they gave me the the acceptance, the process of moving my life from Korea, which is where I've been based for like at that time, 13 or so years, like going back all the way to university, of course, starting at Samsung and all that whole thing. So I was like, okay, but I get the opportunity to move to the US because that's where like the team's based out of New York City. And just so happened that like their second largest office at the time was Portland, which is where I'd actually wanted to go even before I knew that fact. So like that serendipity just like added to like my happiness with that decision to ultimately go over to, to Nifty Gateway. But because of like the visa situation and stuff, my wife, like I was finishing out the, the latter uh, end of 2020 in Korea and um, <laughs> had my baby daughter and that whole thing. And it was, it was a really, really cool time because that was also sort of like when Metacast was popping up as this like other experiment and, uh, like web three focused advertising across like the properties that had spun up, like the newsletters, the YouTube channels and stuff like that of folks, creators pushing out content. Like, could we match them with, um, like products and brands in the space, uh, to spin that up. And that was, that was a cool experiment, but that end, ended up just dovetailing into the B20 at the time, which was like in history, an interesting event. Um, and that literally ended uh, the the B20 like metaverse event was my last day in Korea before flying out uh, the beginning of 2021 and then January uh, to, to Portland where everything with Nifty Gateway got started. And from that time, like it's been all Nifty Gateway, dude. And Nifty Gateway itself has been like, 
the best decision I've ever made <laughs> out of a series of like really amazing decisions because it's, it's represented like the best of what we've all been doing here. Like everything in this space is all about projects. Like we really are our projects and Nifty Gateway is like a project factory. If you think about artists and their independent releases that like I've had the great fortune to help produce um, since I started here, each one of those, those releases, it's standalone projects. Some of those projects are obviously a lot bigger, like Pac Merge back in November, 2021, working on that was fucking absolutely insane. And when that hit and did the $91 million that it did, it was just like, what the fuck is going on? But the ability to work with such insane artists and do really cool things like Cody back in August of 2021, he had, to my mind, I think the first IRL or hybrid IRL URL um, event in the Bright Moments Gallery in Venice Beach, where we had his show that was also like a fucking epic collaboration with the, the rock band Bauhaus. Um, that was a cool auction, cool experience in the Bright Moments Gallery, but was also like the the day before that actually happened, we went to Bright Moments and that's when Crypto Venetians was still being minted. And Cody, myself and a few others were actually the last IRL participants in the, the minting process for Crypto Venetians because literally the next day is when they had that weird hack happen to them and like the rest of the Crypto Venetians were like stolen and shit like that. And they had to put a pin into pin it and then the next minting was like when they went to and set up shop in New York City with the um, crypto NYC avatar portion of that. <laughs> anyway, this is like in the side, but working with Cody and then Hackathon, Skygolpe, um, Blondie, Missile Simpson, Sarah Zucker, of course, Brian Brinkman, all his epic drops I was able to work on, like Panther Cheetah, Lalo Worko, John Bergerman, Crypto Cubes, and Han. and fucking crazy calls with like Kim Kardashian herself, um, like the Kraft family, like the owners of the Patriots, um, hopping on a, a video call with Sylvester Stallone and The Weeknd and like random shit like that. Like it's just been a fucking blur, man. And then yeah. having the opportunity to help build out uh, the Odyssey journey with Starbucks, work with the Red Bull team, dude. Like it's just been a project factory and just the best relationship vehicle I could have ever imagined. And just like as a, as a collector in this space to be able to have a hand and help shape some of these epic collections that these, these world-class artists are releasing and then being able to collect has just been super, super, super special. Um, that's, that's pretty much like what I've been up to and what I'm still up to. Um, and always learning, man, like, you know, they even going back to scent, like, it's not like it's all been peaches and cream. There's been a whole lot of like rose thorns that we've been fucking pricked with, like going back to scent, the mistake there with the product, trying to do everything all at once has probably been like the best lesson to ever learn as painful as it may have been at Nifty, like working with, uh, like the more pop side of things and like those mainstream artists, like I mean, that was probably not the right thing to do in retrospect, but like an amazingly valuable lesson to learn and has been helpful in avoiding a lot of the pitfalls that I've seen other projects fall in uh, over the course of the the past couple of years and all that stuff. But yeah, man, um, dude, life, I mean, is, life is awesome. I would love to uh, 
zoom in a little bit. Uh, and, and first, uh, I would just like to walk a statement back a little bit, man. Uh, I was definitely one of those people throwing shade at Nifty Gateway for their uh, for the way that they have their custodial thing set up just as like a purist of the space and everything. Uh, yeah. But you're definitely seeing more and more people move in that direction. And I've uh, definitely been interacting with uh, different platforms in that capacity. And uh, zero one is case in point. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, and not the only one either. Uh, so, you know, we're, there's a lot of people moving in that direction. Uh, it's not, a, not the worst experience in the world. And, uh, anyway, man, would like to, uh, not throw shade at Nifty Gateway for that. Uh, however, man, I would like to know, uh, what, like when you're talking about working on all these projects and everything, like yeah. what does that like actually mean? And has it meant the same thing throughout, uh, your time at Nifty Gateway? Uh, and I would also like to say, man, I feel like you've got like sort of a unicorn job in the space, man, in what seems like a very stable uh, company that uh, you really enjoy working with, that uh, you've had this job for like six eternities, uh, considering how the space <laughs> moves and everything. So, uh, so yeah, man, what, uh, would love to know like sort of what, what you actually like, you know, are doing when you're uh, working with these artists and uh, if that is, uh, if that's changed in any ways during your time there? Dude, every single artist is so different in their approach, right? So the the ability and like what I can do extends from helping to conceptualize and come up with the the collection concept and theme with the artist. You Give find the input, artist like they find. I'm like getting in the weeds a little bit, man. But I'm just hey. like curious how the whole thing works. Do you are you like in charge of? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So like going to like artist discovery and all that stuff. So when I joined, obviously I had a lot of artist relationships, hit a lot of folks up. They go, you want to do a drop in Nifty at the time, because it was blowing up so much, there's so much inbound. So we were spoiled for choice. We were able to be like hyper-selective with the artists that we're able to work with. Um, so it's a whole bunch of like jumping on calls, DMs, like, do you want to do something? Do you have any idea? You do want to jump on a call and chat about it? Yeah, let's go. Um, like that's a lot of it. There's also like when we go to these like NFT NYCs or like art Basels or like non-NFT summits, like those things, like those are also opportunities just to chat with artists, listen, see like what they're cooking up. Oh shit, that's a dope idea. Do you want to do something on Nifty? Yeah, bet. Okay. Let's keep talking about this. Let's refine it. And that's that's pretty much it. There's no set formula for how it happens, right? And how these collections come together, uh, not only because artists are all so different, but just because the collections they come up with all have such distinct, unique characteristics. Some are super tight and very, very limited. Others are like, like Pac Merge are supposed to be for the whole world to potentially like participate in and shit like that, right? So it's being able to help craft those ideas with the artists. If there's something that needs to be developed technically that we don't currently support, which happens more often than not, then I also have to put on like the PM hat, work with the devs, like spec out what needs to be done in the most efficient way, make sure that whatever needs to be built is built in time, like help craft the promotional marketing strategy, work with our social team and all that good stuff. 
it's, it's awesome. You get to do all the things and it's always so different so that like, it's always a cool challenge and a cool nut to crack. And also like, it's really also super important that on the art side it, to always make sure that the art comes first. So that, that that's probably the only standardized thing that I like make sure to focus on and like make clear every single time I work with an artist is that you don't start with like the number of editions or the price or anything like that, because that fucks the whole character of a collection up and makes art a second class citizen. So instead keep it about the art, keep it about the high concept, work on the, the works in progress, share them, like vibe, check it, then start to kind of whittle it down. Like what is actually the tightest collection here? And then asking questions to kind of round it out. Like, who does the artist really want to collect this? A lot of people select few number of people, existing collectors, new collectors. And then I, my job is to, to help kind of guide it. Okay, well, if you want to do A, B, C, and D. Uh, how about shaping it like this? How about additioning it like this? What about this release mechanism that feels very on brand? And just really helping to reflect the most of the artist's original intent into the collections so that the the collection it's not just the art is what the artist has created it's the whole thing from pricing additioning everything marketing like it's all a reflection of that artist intent and that's that's basically just my job to make sure that i reflect it as much as possible because that's what that's what resonates with the collectors they want to they want that full artful experience top to bottom and if it's not like that if there's and this has happened in the past for, for, for teams that like going back to the pop days, the pop music days where you're working, not necessarily directly with the, the actual artists, but their teams, you, you get a product that feels dramatically different than collections and releases that the artists themselves from start to finish has been an mm -hmm. integral part of. Um, and I think like okay. Sam Spratt, the monument game is probably like the best, most recent example of, of what magic happens when you make sure that you help craft and create an experience that reflects the full fucking scope and spectrum of an artist's original intent, because it can be so fucking powerful. But yeah, I hope that <laughs> describes and uh, answers that question of like what I actually do and how I do it. No, it does, man. It it sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like uh, a lot of overlapping skill sets in terms of what uh, you and I both do at the whip on a regular basis. Uh, yeah. In terms of just you know, honestly, working with a lot of the a lot of overlapping people, uh, you know, who've appeared on the whip and Nifty Gateway, but you know, crafting curated experiences for for them and everything. Uh, dude, that that's awesome. Um, Yo, dude, so you you mentioned uh, a lot of these really amazing artists that you worked with uh, and done a ton, done a ton of name dropping, man. Uh, rightfully so. You've worked with a ton of like really incredible people uh, and creators. I'm sure that when you think back of your time uh, working with people and maybe it's just not like necessarily nifty gateway, man. But if you think of your like, you know, history uh, upon diving headfirst into the space, what are some of the things that like really stick out? I, I mean, maybe there were nightmares, maybe there were like high points, maybe, you know, maybe it was like, you know, working with someone in particular, but like what, what really jumps out at you uh, over the, this timeline? Um, hard to pick dude but i i think 
one of the like, the biggest blessings, I think, what goes back to like November 2019 when I collected Saint Nakamoto, buy a lot of money in Javinci and like ah, great one, man. That was that was I mean that was the last time that like a quote unquote like normal person could have an all time high <laughs> sale purchase whatever in this space. Um, yeah. It was such a small window of time. But like it, the energy was right and fucking I just yellowed it and it ended up being a game changer yeah. that caught the eye of like, I mean, of course, like Basilius had seen what Conlon was doing in the Conlon district and saw his purchase of, of Matt Cain's piece. Um, one of us, I forget the name of the title. Um and then what I did, then whale shark seeing that and like the, the big collectors coming in and like really splashing and like finally, finally valuing the art, like as we, as valuable as we had known it to be. Um, but in numbers that <laughs> like no, no normie folks that had been in the space that weren't like already crypto rich could, could have ever imagined. Um, but that, that sale and the, the subsequent collection, like purchases and like what everything that I was collecting was awesome. But then it came full circle. So when I joined Nifty, I was able to work with a lot of them and we we're able to actually craft collections together. So getting on those calls with him when he was in France, like in his lab, like fucking blacked out studio, lighting and sparking a joint and just getting high and like throwing out concepts and seeing what we laughed about the most, like... Like that was that was so fucking cool. It was so cool, man. And then to see like the results of those collections just hit and have collectors be so happy and us just like high fiving across the internet is so cool. And then when like of course I had a a sale of that of Saint Nakamoto to to Yaya, um, who was an amazing steward of the piece and ended up helping to resell it for a million bucks. It was like we got on another call and like, <laughs> we're just like blown away that all the way back in 2019 at like a price point that now seems trivial, like 1700 bucks, like that set in motion, a series of events that culminated in that same piece then being resold for a million dollars. Like that was, it's just, and then our names are all associated with it, right? Like the provenance of that and being able to connect the dots with the stories that are going to be told and retold about something like that. And then those extra interactions to be able to, to craft collections and release them that were, and have them be so lauded. Like that's probably like all together an all time memory. Um, those other, other interactions and like other artist relationships that we've, I've forged and like grown and deepened um, with folks like Cody and Sarah Zucker and Brinkman Um but like so many more, like Lyle Awerko, Panther Cheetah, all like there's too many amazing moments and memories to to say that there's any more. But like you have to go back to the Alada and like the the really, really early memories and how they've linked together and grown over time. And yeah, I think that just stands out as such a really unique, cool, like compound memory, if you will. Oh, dude, that's like probably the greatest answer in the world uh, because we uh, we've it's come up before, man. Uh, and I really feel like, you know, even today, uh, I remember when that happened, man, and it felt like there like something shifted in the space, like across the board at that time. Like we had we had reached some other level or whatever. And and, and there was, was like electric. 
It was electric yeah, it, it and was, we man. shared it. We shared it together. Right. So like Common had the all time high with the Mac came piece uh, like a month before. And that was very cool. It was very special. But when I, when I scooped the St. Nakamoto piece, like, first of all, like Robness was a fucking madman in the bidding war, which is really cool. Cody got in it too. McAfee, while he was alive, like shouted it out, which is fucking sick. But then like we shared it on Sun Cause I, I wrote a couple like banger posts about it. And the one post that really resonated with folks was how I said that this was a shot across the bow at yeah. the whole art world and how this is such a game-changing event. And everyone shared in that shit, man. And that converted a lot of people that caught all that attention. And that was that was that that special moment, man. No, it was, man. It it was like really a pivotal moment in history like very early on and uh and i thought you were insane man honestly i was like you know we're we're too early for anyone to be dropping that kind of money on something uh but uh i remember the post that you just referenced man like very clearly uh and thinking i was like dude this is some fucking cool shit man at least if you're gonna drop this uh amount of money on on this dope piece of art you fucking flex it like it should be uh <laughs> and uh uh no man uh yeah I, I what a what a great call man uh after that like really vague question i threw at you i i feel like uh you know everyone in the community sort of like you know played their interesting role in this whole thing becoming a thing uh but that was definitely like a, a game changer and everything uh yo good shit dude uh we've probably like shouted out uh, a billion people in this episode there's probably like a billion people that we've missed uh, but as stated earlier man it's it's crazy to think that these spotlights uh that we did on each other in in i don't know man if i like think all the way back it feels like everything was like very dark then or something like uh i don't know we were all anon no one everyone was sort of like feeling each other out still and and everything we were all in caves man it, we were all communicating over text it was it was very like the cavemen and women days of the space it was the dark ages but it yeah. was fun like we were all so happy doing what we were doing and like interacting how we were interacting it was the best of times yeah yeah it's been it's been great shit man from from start to finish uh there's i'm sure there's like a million things that could have been mentioned uh and and uh I've got things that, uh, you know, I could as well, man, I, uh, that, that first NFT NYC, man, where we all like met each other felt like coming out of the dark ages for, for the first time. Yes. Oh my uh, God, dude. I was great. thinking about that NFT NYC a while ago, man. Like we met, we met so many people and we had such a fucking cool group that we were just like rolling around the city with going on like the adventure and the dinners, like, oh man, like when we were at that bar everyone was there like the super rare team was there open c team was there um we we're at the table with token angels andrew steinwald uh trislet right connie digital fuck dude um jim everybody man jim yeah oh my god and jim's fucking i was so hungover and i was in a hotel when he did it but like the the ran or whatever at nike <laughs> on stage that i'd heard about like <laughs> johan that's when we first met johan he had swung through there yep dude yeah 
Yeah, it, it's amazing how much of that, uh, and it's just sort of like a, a bunch of these people resurfaced on a Twitter thread uh, yesterday with crypto voxels <laughs> bullshit, and, uh, and and Steinwald commented on it how it's it's so cool that like you know all of us are still here, and uh, there really is like a, a family vibe amongst like a lot of those people who were there like very early on and uh, are are still here, man. I just ran a 10k with spherical art like a couple yeah. weeks ago. Dude is a psycho. <laughs> He's awesome. <laughs> yeah man and that that came out of the that first meetup when we were all yeah. at that bar like that when we fir- literally first met one another because paul had to leave a little bit earlier that night but he yep. was still there and you had agreed to do that that run later on which you actually did which and did again <laughs> which is wild don't ask me why because <laughs> because because i don't know man because that's like the best shit right that like that community that has like still sort of like stuck together this whole time and and uh and uh and you were uh you know played such an integral role in it man doing that like uh i remember being like a little nervous i don't know i haven't listened to it man i hate listening to myself on these things i almost like never ever do uh so i haven't listened to it in a while but i was nervous when i interviewed you i was like dude matt's like an important person in this community and like (laughs) You know, this is like, you know, potentially, uh, you know, an opportunity to, uh, you know, it, was, it went really cool the first time around. So uh, it's, it's fucking just wild, man, that here we are. Uh, but but you were you were the face of that community, man, that has uh, still stuck together for so long and and uh, has such deep bonds with each other, man. So it's just been so great to uh, reverse it again four years later and figure out what the hell you actually do every day. I remember being stumped back then, too. <laughs> Dude, appreciate the fuck out of you um, for even wanting to to ask that question and like figure out like what I do and shit like that. That that means so much, man. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, well, dude, uh, anything else top of mind that you want to throw out there or that uh, we missed or uh, I don't know, man. It's been uh, it's been a good reverse spotlight. No, oh, man. Um, if I hope if anyone listens to this, like what you take away from this conversation is just to to do what everyone that we met along the way has continued to do, which is try to keep the heartbeat going and make this space inviting for others and keep it alive so that others can experience and enjoy and participate and, and give back to the magic um, that makes this space so special. Good shit. Well said, man. We can end it on yeah. that. Uh, well, dude, I will uh, look forward to the reverse reverse i don't know what we're at or whatever uh but we'll flip it next week uh we'll be back at the whip tomorrow with uh with a great one with uh not eclectic method uh i believe his manager richard eclectic uh, richard will be representing him uh at the main event eclectic will be spinning the pre-whip uh and i don't know who knows what the hell is going on it'll be dope though i'm sure it's gonna be fun all right brother good shit man all right later dudes